Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the weekly racing roundup. I'm your host, Race Car Dave. I'm here to give you a broad, omnivorous look at the world of motorsports. What happened this week? Uh, for the week of January 7th, the first week of 2024, a lot of stuff's happened. And there's a lot of series. We've got a month away before NASCAR, and two months before Formula One. God knows when the car starts, but. Boys on the Dirt have been very busy this first week of January and the first week of 2024. Let's see what we've got on the list for tonight. Tonight we have the Dakar Rally. We have a look ahead to Formula E. And we also have a young man making a phenomenal start in his Supercross career that would make even Max Verstappen blush. At the top of the show, we're going to talk about Mr. Jet Lawrence. I was not particularly aware of this man. I have watched motocross and supercross throughout the years, but haven't been watching as much lately. But last night, Jet Lawrence did something that hasn't been done in 50 years in AMA Supercross. He won his first event, making him 1-0. He pulled a Shane Van Ginsbergen. This young man also, just as a precursor to doing this in the last outdoor season, won 22 of 22 available motos, making him only the second person in history to pull that feat off, as it was done by James Stewart in 2008. Now, this series is known for having dominant riders over time. We've had Jeremy McGrath, we've had Ricky Carmichael, we've had James Stewart, but None of these giants of the sport have ever come out this strong. Having a rookie 450 season in motocross as a perfect season, and then having their rookie race, their very first start, be a win. This Jet Lawrence uh, guy from uh, Australia is looking to make Supercross look boring this year. <laughs> If it's up to him, I'm sure he would love to do that. Uh, we will see how the rest of his campaign goes. We'll keep an eye on this one for you. Next up in the roundup, we have a look at the Dakar Rally. This, for me, growing up, this always kind of marked the beginning of the race season. This is kind of the first big global motorsports event that happens any given year. And it's not always something that people are paying attention to, but when I start going through the list of names, you're going to recognize how important this event is to uh, kind of the global motorsports community. Before we go through what's happening this year, let's take a look a little bit back for those who haven't really paid attention to the Dakar before. Originally, it was the Perry Dakar Rally. It ran as that from 1979 till 2007. Traditionally, the race started in Paris, would kind of cut down through Spain and then over into Morocco, and then do all kinds of jazzy stuff down there in Africa. They, uh, throughout the years, had used a, had been in a lot of countries up and down the west coast of Africa. Traditionally, the race would end in uh, Senegal, in the capital city of Dakar, thus giving it its name. The race ran that way until 2008, when some local political disputes and uh, violence made the organizers decide to cancel the 2008 race. For 2009 until 2019, the Dakar, Perry Dakar Rally became just the Dakar, and regardless of the name, it decided to go to South America. They ran the race down there for 10 years. 
up and down mostly the western side of South America. In 2020, Saudi Arabia decided to take up the mantle and bring Dakar back to the deserts of the Middle East and kind of Saharan Africa type environments that the race was traditionally known for. This year marks the fifth year that the race will be run in Saudi Arabia. This is a rally raid style race. It's run over approximately 8,000 kilometers this year, and it comprises a number of classes. Uh, we've got, starting from kind of the, the lowliest guys on quads, you step up to the side-by-sides, which would have been kind of traditional desert buggies. From there, you're going to move into the bike class. This is where your GS uh BMWs and your Yamaha Super Tenere's made their name back in the day, but now the uh, top riders are basically riding 450 motocross-style bikes, yet with a lot more equipment on them. Then you get into the car category, which seems like a bit of a misnomer. To any North American fans, they look like pregnant trophy trucks, but uh, in Dakar terminology, these things are called cars. And then... Just uh, almost as a comical aside, but also as a way of, of carrying spares and equipment through the desert as this race is running very remote areas. You have real ass trucks. I'm talking big old giant diesel box trucks. Very impressive to see those things hustling through the desert. Uh, for the show today, we're going to kind of focus on the cars. And as I kind of introduce the competitors in the car class you'll understand why there's going to be a lot of names familiar to people who uh, have watched a lot of racing in the past big names like porsche peugeot mitsubishi these are names that we associate with the dakar rally in the past uh but uh this year we're going to focus on the competitors we've got and we have quite a stacked list We've got Audi coming in with their hybrid, their series hybrid diesel electric wonder machine. In its third year, it's always been fast, but it's always been a little uh, temperamental and problematic. ProDrive coming in with their X-Ray rally buggy Tyco RC looking thing. Uh, ProDrive famous for preparing rally cars, most famously Colin McRae's Subarus. But they've also had some success in sports car racing, and they prepped some uh, Ferraris and some Aston Martins in the past to run at the Daytona 24. We've also got Toyota, who's kind of the current reigning king of Dakar with the Hilux. Uh, it's going to look a lot different from, say, a Tacoma pre-runner Tacoma trophy truck, uh, but it's really kind of the the current dominant force in, in rally raid racing. Two other people to mention, Mini, who've had a lot of success here in the past, are running one of their X-Raid Mini, or a couple of their X-Raid Minis. And Ford, who is looking to get into this area going forward in the future with uh, a Ranger Raptor Dakar truck. Interestingly, it's being prepped by M Sport. M Sport also runs Ford's WRC campaign and they are also the ones doing the engine for the upcoming Mustang GT3 car that's going to be competing in uh, IMSA and WEC and all over all over the globe. We'll be hearing a lot more about that Mustang later on this year. 
All right, let's look at the driver lineups. Let's start with Audi. So Audi, at the top of their list, they have Stefan Petterhansel, a name that's familiar to rally people, but um, this guy is Mr. Dakar. This guy has won the event 14 times on two wheels and four wheels. This, this is really the gold standard in Dakar racing, and he is not slowing down as he's getting a little bit older. He is still on the pace. Next for Audi, we have Carlos Sainz. No, not that Carlos Sainz, his dad. King Carlos, two-time world rally champion and four-time Dakar winner. Carlos Sainz is going to be lining up with the Audi gang. In the third RSQ Tron Whirligig 5000, we've got Matthias Ekstrom. Uh, Matthias Ekstrom has been an Audi man for a long time. He has won them a rallycross championship. He's also won them a couple of DTM championships, which is no mean feat. Now he's taken his skills out onto the big sand out there in Saudi Arabia. Next up, let's look at ProDrive. A uh, big score for ProDrive this year is they got kind of the current Mr. Dakar, Nasir Alatia. He is a five-time Dakar winner and also an Olympic bronze medalist in skeet shooting. Uh, always a strong competitor. This guy just really understands uh, driving in the desert. Uh, in kind of their other car, although they did bring seven cars this year, which means ProDrive is pretty serious, but their other main driver and their main push for overall win is Sebastian Loeb. Uh, if he doesn't really need much of an introduction, but this is a nine-time World Rally Champion. This is the most successful World Rally Championship driver of all time. Uh, and definitely a guy you want to have on his side. This has kind of become the main focus of uh, the later part of his career. He's finished second three times, but he has yet to win this race. And it's definitely something that he wants to get in his Palmares. Uh, quick mention, we've got a number of uh, Hiluxes running this year, but of note, particularly for those of us in North America trying to kind of get stuck in, find the storylines for this race, we have Seth Quintararo, who's going to be running Gazoo Racing, kind of the factory, one of the factory Hiluxes this year. Um, this kid's moving up from side-by-sides, where last year he won 12 of the 13 stages in the 2022 Dakar Rally. One would think that would get you a win, but on the one stage he did not win, he in fact lost 17 hours to mechanical failure. That's the kind of race this is. If it breaks, you have to fix it, or you're kind of in trouble. So he's kind of going to be the man we're following for Toyota this year. The way they ran the rally this year, they ran a quick 27-kilometer prologue rally through uh, a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, little corner of Saudi Arabia that had some very Raiders of the Last Ark-looking temples carved into cliff faces. There was a giant rock called Elephant Rock. You can watch all this stuff on uh, YouTube NBC Sports puts up a really nice extended highlights package at the end of each day, which is kind of the only way you can really follow this stuff. But as far as the cars go, they ran a prologue, they got times, then that lets you pull your name out of a hat and start in whatever order you wanted. Just um, It's kind of interesting in this rally raid racing, it, it's not necessarily advantageous to be the first person on the road. 
Um, there's a lot of navigation. There's just a lot of wide open desert. Just because you could see tire tracks in front of you isn't necessarily a good thing, but having no tire tracks in front of you is also not a good thing. So it's, it's kind of a wild sport. So following the prologue stage, uh, we ran the first stage. And, and a lot of the big names I just mentioned, because I was sketching out some sort of narrative for the race, didn't have a particularly good day. In fact, the stage was won by Guillermo de Mavis, kind of uh, a customer driving a uh, Toyota Hilux, putting in the drive of his life, getting the W for the day. Uh, Carlos Sainz did have a solid day. He was really fast in the opening stages, but the back half of the stage was very rocky, and there was a lot of punctures, which is why you get these kind of large time gaps opening up early. He was 1 minute 45 in second place. Uh, Matthias Ekstrom in the second of the Audis finished 10th, 14 minutes behind the leader. Sebastian Loeb and Alatia did not open up their account particularly well for Pro Drive, finishing 22 and 25 minutes back, respectively, in 20th and 24th. Stefan Petterhansel finished even further back, just having a dreadful opening day, uh, finishing 32 minutes back of the lead in 24th place. All that was to be erased as he turned around on day two, the second day, a 464-kilometer stage, and was, was able to get a record-breaking number win, his 50th stage win in the Dakar. And not, that wasn't it for Audi, because on the day, make, being able to overhaul uh, DeMavis, uh, Carlos Sainz managed to win the day and move in, or win the day in the sense that He's now moved up to the overall lead. Recovering very well from his uh, rough start to the rally, Sebastian Loeb had a scorching run through the stage and ended up moving himself up to third overall in the race. The aforementioned uh, Seth Quintararo we were talking about, who didn't even make the day one highlight reel, he was on hot fire and has managed to move himself up to fourth overall, only seven minutes off of the lead. Uh, day one leader, DeMavis, has had a had a rough day. He's kind of slid back down. He's now fifth overall at seven minutes, 45 back from Sainz. Matthias Ekstrom uh, kind of bringing that Audi strength to the four. He's moved himself up to sixth overall at 11 minutes, 17 seconds back. Alatia, uh, good recovery day for him. Not as strong as low, but he's moved himself up into seventh overall, 12 minutes and 16 seconds behind Carlos. And Stefan Petterhansel, with his just amazing run through the day, manages to drag himself back up to ninth overall, 13 minutes back from the leader. Now, these gaps sound big, but if you think about this race, the scale of this race is just it's it's like uh, it's like six Baja one thousands. It's it's just a huge race, so there could be huge time swings either way. So being thirteen minutes back two days in is definitely no reason to uh, be concerned. Um, keep your eyes on this one next week, folks. Like I said, you can watch the daily highlights. Uh, NBC Sports puts out a nice package and just. Check out the beautiful landscapes and watch watch all these folks race through the desert in Saudi Arabia. Okay, last up on the report tonight, the roundup, the report. Uh, we still got to figure out what we're calling that. We've got 
just kind of a reminder that Formula E is going to be starting their 10th year next year. It's pretty impressive. I'll have to admit when the season first started, or not the season, when the series first started, I was a bit skeptical. Uh, that first generation car, they definitely were not putting on a particularly good show where they had to switch cars to... Uh, each driver would switch cars at the pit stop to be able to go the race distance. But uh, I'm not really here to dunk on it. The, the series has come a long way in 10 years. We're two generations of evolution into the series. And now they, they put on um, fairly decent little barroom brawls and kind of tight city circuits. And it, it, it could be entertaining. I will give them credit. They are definitely trying to be uh, the most progressive motorsport as far as trying things. Sometimes it feels a little Mario Kart. Sometimes it seems like things that that may work out. So we're going to look into that a little bit more next week as they're starting their season in Mexico City next Saturday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for the episode for January 7th, 2024, the Weekly Racing Roundup. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of action here in the first week of 2024. Uh, really excited about the the year to come. Lots of really exciting stuff going on. But for now, uh, the, the Dakar boys and then Formula E is going to take center stage. A little bit later in the month, obviously, we're going to have the 24 hours of Daytona. And, of course, the... WRC is going to do their traditional season beginning uh, event, the Monte Carlo Rally. That'll be coming up in two weeks' time. But thank you, everybody, for joining me. And until next week, my name is Race Car Dave, and keep the rubber side down.